0: Hello everyone, you're listening to another episode of the Print Life Podcast. Today I'm going to be sharing with all of you a audio clip that I pulled from inside of the Print Life membership. As we enter into a new month of content and trainings, I like to look back and listen to the last couple months of content that's already in there so I can begin thinking about the next few months. And there was just something about our October chat that I thought would be really beneficial to many of you, so I wanted to share it on the podcast. Each month in the Print Life membership, I have a video that's kind of an overview of things that are happening in the industry or maybe relating to a specific topic, in addition to other trainings that we have, as well as our group call like a live group call so this is just a poll from the video that I like to put into the membership each month that is just kind of an overview and I thought it covered many topics that might be really beneficial to where we are right now in the industry and as we look forward into the new year I hope that it can benefit some of you and that you have some takeaways that you can implement into your own design business as we enter in a new year. You're listening to The Print Life Podcast. I'm Leslie Kinahan, owner and creative director at White Buffalo Studio and founder of The Print Life Community. This podcast was created to offer insight into the hidden world of print design. If you're a surface pattern or print designer who wants to attract dream clients, increase sales, and build a sustainable business that you love, you're in the right place. With over a decade of experience, I'll be covering all things surface pattern and print design, sales, marketing, and mindset to support designers in growing a creative business. Whether you're freelance, in-house, or just getting started, I've got you covered. Welcome to The Print Life. Hello, everyone. Happy October and The Print Life membership. I hope you're having a wonderful October so far. I love this time of year. I love Halloween and all the fall things. So, as we dive into the last quarter of the year, I have a lot that I'm going to be dropping into the membership just to kind of give everybody what they may need in preparation for 2023. So, so much can happen around this time of year, and we want to be sure that we're setting ourselves up for success because what i have found if you're anything like me oftentimes the last quarter of the year goes by very quickly um, there's a lot happening with family friends maybe trips away and the holidays the holiday stacking um, and a lot of different things can happen and Either one, you kind of want to check out a little early and you're like, you know, I'll start fresh in January. And then we lose all of this time that we could be sort of preparing that strong platform beneath us so that January is started very strong, right? Um, Or perhaps you have things in place and this is the time of year that you get distracted by thinking that you need to put something out there because we've got Black Friday coming, you know, you have Cyber Monday, Shop Small Saturday, we have, you know, the holiday coming, um, and then New Year's. And this can often, myself included, make us feel like, ooh, what kind of offer am I gonna put out there for everybody for all these different days? Or should I do a product or maybe get something on POD? Or, you know, we start to get just a little bit distracted. And we talk about this every year, right, in the membership, if you've been with me from the beginning. And what I want to really encourage you all to do is whatever feels aligned for you. I like to use October as kind of the overall big picture time to plan right for the next 90 days. And those of you who worked through, we talked a lot about it in the pods, the last 90 days, some of you started in August, some of you started in September. So maybe you're not quite there yet, which is perfectly fine. Um, whatever works best for you in your business. But if you are using October as the next 90 days as the last quarter of the year, I like to use October as a time for, you know, how did that last 90 days go? What did I get done? Did I accomplish my goal? In my case, I did not. I got a little bit sidetracked by family things that I have going on in my life. And that's okay. That happens. So I'm allowing myself a little bit of um, a buffer of time to let that go, (laughs) let it be what it was, and then move on. And then um, kind of look at that overall big picture vision of what I want the last quarter of the year to look like and how is that going to support my plan for the beginning of 2023, right? So you can use this last 90 days of the year to support you in having a great start to the new year. Um, you can also use this time to focus on a very specific area of your business. Um, I like to use this time to clean up my drives, my artist list, um, the people working with us. I just did a, a new call to artists because I want to kind of like have a fresh start to the year. I want to start strong, um, let go of anybody who maybe isn't contributing as much or at all, um, and kind of just have a fresh start. Go through the artwork that we have on our website. Make sure that it's feeling very curated. Go through all the accounting. Go through the numbers. Start to make sales goals for the next 90 days. It's a really good time to start looking at all of those things. I'll be posting a lot to the portal, but I want you guys to just kind of take what you need. The reason that we don't have like a specific way you're supposed to work through every area is because it's going to look different for all of us. Some of us might be focused on growing our email list or figuring out how to utilize an email list in your business. Some of us might be still trying to figure out our branding or our style. Maybe you're working on your website. Maybe you're working on your online shop. Something else I wanted to talk about today is that I went to the LA textile show. Um, And you know, the LA textile show isn't the biggest show. Um, out there but it's always been decent I mean it's where I started out before I went to PV I did the LA textile show twice I believe then to PV in New York which was amazing then I did in or it was indigo at the time and then I did the January show the April show and at the time I believe it was an October show it was January April and October so I did three shows per year for a couple years in a row. In New York, and then my agent started my uh, New York representation. Um, started going to the shows on on the behalf of the studios he represented. So I no longer felt I needed to go spend the money because he was showing my work for me, um, which I realized later on doesn't necessarily grow my client list, but it increased sales and brand awareness. Right. So there's a lot of different reasons that we attend shows whether, and it's all going to be specific to you and your goals as a studio. If it's your intention to be a studio, to grow your own list, to have your own clients, to sell to your own clients, to have an online shop, attending a trade show is going to be all about showing up yourself, engaging with clients, building up those connections and those relationships and getting and growing that email list yourself, right? Because now they don't give you the access to the whole email list like they used to which made it a lot easier for me in the past and if you are a freelancer who wants to build brand but you're looking for an agent or a rep somebody to represent you and sell your work on your behalf I still found my agents and reps that way attending a show they'd walk around if they like your stuff they sit down with you they say do you have a rep or an agent would you like to work with me Um, that's how I found representation two out of four times the other two i reached out to on my own and one person i've been reaching out to (laughs) this whole time and um still no bites but that's okay Um, some people just not the right fit maybe but um i would say that if that's your intention maybe attend one show and see how that goes, but you do not have to keep attending shows if you're not looking to build your own client list. It can get very expensive, unless your intention is to be a brick and mortar studio and to have a team and really, like, really go all in to being a studio. Then it's going to be very important that you're showing up to all of those shows. You know, PV Paris, Germany, all the all the big shows. Um, but anyway, that being said, the LA Textile Show has always been okay. It's always been decent. And this time, I went and I walked the floor and there were three studios. And one of them was not even a studio. It was a designer showing about 50 of her own prints um, on paper. They were very cute. They were all like Liberty florals. Um, all her, Definitely her handwriting, her style, her market focus is women's... Um, women's fashion and kids fashion and home a little bit of home but it was basically they were all liberty florals and they were really strong really beautiful but it was just her so i would say there's two studios and one designer i have never seen it like that and i think the mistake that they made as well is they did not put the studios together so i ran into my old um my rep. He was my, the second rep I had in Los Angeles. And I ran into him. He was at the show representing two studios in his booth. He said, people keep asking him, which is what I remember happening to me when I was at the LA textile show, which is people walking by don't know that you're selling art. They ask you, is this by the yard? Is this by the yard? And three days of answering people, is this by the yard? And you have to explain what you do to them. I think the LA Textile Show just doesn't really have it figured out, but something that I think, yeah, they really missed the mark on was not keeping the studios together because when I attended in the past, there was a whole section where it was just the print studios and then notions, everything else, fabric by the yard was in a different section. And that's when it's easy for the buyers to find you. It's easy for clients to know, oh, I'm going here for art and here for other things. And... When you're just kind of sprinkled in, everybody's blending in. Nobody was really standing out. It was confusing. It doesn't sound like it went well. Um, But something I do want to share with you guys, not that anybody is going to be, you know, getting in line for the next LA Textile Show, and I have to tell you, I wouldn't do it. Um, But for PV, it's definitely on my radar to go either in January or July of next year, though I have been talking with some of you who I've heard that July was not very good at all. Um, and I attended my first PV show in on for a January show, and it is cold, uh, it is wet, and um, I remember it being very loud in there because they have the heat and they're trying to keep it warm in there. Nobody could hear you. I got like the worst booth in the place for the same price as everybody else. So I'm on the fence, but I really, really wanted to get back into in-person showings next year, not on the regular, but just to continue forward with establishing that brand awareness and building relationships with clients which i think as a studio when you're representing artists and you're representing studios it's so important to go show up for them and do everything in your power to make sure that you're putting their work in front of as many eyeballs as you can which means you're going to have to attend a show here or there right um but i just don't know if it's time yet i don't know if 2023 Is going to be the year it happens or not? And LA Textile Show is kind of a snooze. I wouldn't bother if that's something that's ever been on your radar. It didn't look like it was worth the money or the time sitting there at all. But something I will say to you all is that as far as the rest of the show went, walking around and thinking about what we study so much here in the Print Life membership, which is being intentional, having a market focus, speaking directly to your audience, knowing who you are, who you serve, and how you're showing up, and being very clear about it. So clear that you can't help but attract the right people to you, right? I noticed that all the booths that were busy, the ones that had a lot of buzz happening in them, people taking pictures, like, you know, writing for a newspaper or whatever they were there for, the press, um those booths that were busy, the ones that I was intrigued by and wanted to go into, they had very clear branding and marketing happening. It said on their backdrops swimwear, women's wear, activewear or swimwear, activewear or kids wear or kids wear by the yard. It was so specific who they were, what they sold and to who that their booths were very busy and everybody else who kind of blended in and looks had, you know, backdrops that just had the name in the studio with no other information. Um, They weren't busy and it was, they all kind of blended together. And I thought, what a really great visual representation of what we're trying to do here in the Print Life membership, which is truly understand how you can make it so obvious and so clear and straightforward, like you're spoon feeding your audience exactly how you can help them. And they were busy. The people who did that were busy. So something I'm going to challenge you to do in October is go look at your Instagram page, go look at your LinkedIn, go look at your website, take a look at your portfolio, even your email signature at the end of your your email. um, When you email somebody, you have a little signature at the bottom. What do I see on there? Is it clear to me what kind of a designer you are? What kind of a studio you are? What do you sell? Who do you sell it to and how can you add value to my business? And try and tighten that up as best as possible, because I think that that is the best way that we're going to be able to differentiate ourselves in the marketplace is by being so crystal clear about exactly what we're doing for who and how to get in touch with us. It seems so easy that it's it doesn't it make sense to me that so many of us still refuse to do this. It's like I still see people talking about niche not being important in our industry and i think that there's just a misunderstanding about what having a niche is and maybe people have different views on what a niche is as a designer maybe they think it means you only do one kind of design or you only use one kind of medium or you only have one type of print you design i don't know what people think it means or what the fear is around having a niche but what i have noticed is people who do say you don't need a niche in this industry have one. So always be careful that if you see people saying you don't need to have a niche to be successful in this industry, take a look at their profile. Take a look at how you view them. Is it clear what they do and who they're helping to do it? That's their niche, whether or not they think so. Um, And it's it's interesting to me that we want the success of the people that we see out there that we're kind of running into these problems of comparison fatigue, or, um, you know, maybe we're looking too much at Pinterest instead of looking within, which we talk a lot about and finding your own, your signature style. Um, and it's so important that all you do is be straightforward and clearly communicate to your audience what you do, why, how. how to get in touch with you and that's it and these I think I took some pictures but there were a couple booths and it literally had the name of the company and then it says we sell swim and activewear by the yard and then one of them said swimwear and activewear prints original artwork or by the yard so they did both and it's like, it was so clear what they did that you had zero questions. You weren't looking at the booth going, I wonder what they do. I don't want to go in there. I'm afraid because if I go in there and I don't know what they do, they're going to talk to me and I have to fill out the thing. You knew exactly if you needed to go in there or not. And um, Being somebody who, with the print book, we're kind of an agency of sorts at this point, representing studios, right, on um, in an online platform. So... I went in a few of the booths because I wanted to see if there were other studios that were looking for representation. And I only went in to the booths of the ones that I thought were very clearly marked. Um, And then I found out later there were only three and that's why I didn't find any more, Um, which is kind of a bummer. I think even when I attended back in the day and it was a slower show, there were still like 10 of us. So to only see three studios was disheartening for me, um, especially trying to make the decision to spend all the money to go to PV in New York in January, right? Though I think sometimes you have to put the money aside and say, is this going to be good for my business? And what's great about the shows in New York is even if companies cut their budgets, right? So they're not going to send people to New York to the show, let's say. You still have all the people in New York, all the companies in New York, and they'll go to the show. So worst case scenario, you know, you get... A decent list from New York-based companies, which I would say is a pretty decent bulk of, um, you know, some of the brands that you're going to be selling to, or you get a rep or an agent interested in what you're doing, or you just gain the experience and show up and, and you know start to establish some of that brand awareness in the marketplace. Um, I know that when we attended, I was nervous because I was a newbie and I was scared because we were so small and I show up and I didn't have any of the backdrops or the stuff you're supposed to have in a booth because I didn't know I was supposed to print all this stuff, Um, like giant backdrops, like printed, rolled up and it's like... um, what is that stuff made out of? Anyway, you get them specialty printed and you should have like three. And then you have a stand with your name printed front and back that they pop into a stand white tablecloths, which I didn't have, um, place at things to put your prints on, you know, you roll up the fabric and people had like six, seven, eight hundred prints. And I had like 200 and I show up, but The thing is, because we were new, we were a new studio, there was a little bit of buzz, and they ended up putting um, our stuff on the trend pieces at the front of the show. There were white buffalo prints up on these giant, like, installations, and I remember just, like, almost bursting into tears. So I would say that it depends on your need, what you think you'll gain from going. And even if you go and you don't sell a single print and you get five email addresses. I know that sounds like nothing, but let's say five clients leave their card with you. If each one of those clients become clients who turn into repeat buyers over the next couple years, then it was worth, it was worth the money. So we have to look at things long-term And really kind of get real about why we're going and if we feel prepared to go. How many prints do you have? Have you tested different fabrics from different printers to see if you're happy with the way that it looks? Do you know what your headers look like? Do you have somebody to print your headers? What are you going to give the clients that come over to your table as like a takeaway? Are you going to print little journals or pens or what did we do? We did pens once. We did these really cool tote bags once with these leather straps that we like, shibori died, and they were gorgeous with a little white buffalo on it and everyone came to our booth because they wanted a bag (laughs) but you only got one if you bought a print so that was our thing and you know you can be very DIY and cutesy with it or you can be very professional but start thinking about like how you want to come across in your booth and what can you put in the booth that makes it very clear to buyers walking by what kind of prints you do what your specialization is who you are a little bit about you and ours was like fresh flowers and it was very this was not the first time I went this was the second and third and fourth time I went it was very bohemian DIY fresh flowers hanging upside down you know from the edges of the booth and wooden display racks with um, our favorite prints that we wanted to showcase printed to beautiful paper so people could walk by and see it we had these little journals and pens that they could take away with oh yeah we did buttons like old school buttons that you'd put on your denim jacket and we did prints on little buttons so people could take buttons and they'd had little buffaloes on them and they were so cute i always used to have starbursts that was kind of my identifier like i'd have starbursts uh, on the table in a jar and so you could take a starburst you could take a pen you could take a button Um, we had bags for people who purchased a print so we'd wrap up their prints put them in a white buffalo bag and they'd walk around the show basically advertising for us there's so many cool things that you can think about when it comes to marketing branding and being very clear in the way that you communicate to those who would come to your booth right so if we're going to go that deep into thinking about a trade show and how we would show up and how we would talk to people and introduce ourselves, how we're going to dress. I want you to think about it in the same way for your Instagram account, for your LinkedIn account, for your website, put as much thought and effort into each of those things and imagine each of them being your booth and representing you. And how does that look? And are you happy with it? And it's just something to think about for the last few months of the year Um, whether you're attending a trade show or not, I was just kind of using it as a metaphor of all the different ways that you can differentiate yourself, set yourself apart, be you, be unique. Um, and really kind of cut through some of the noise out there because, you know, we hear all the time, like it's very saturated, it's very noisy, right? And the best way that we can deal with the saturated marketplace is simply by sharpening your tools and your skill set, and the way that you communicate, and cutting through the noise with strong messaging. And your messaging is going to come from your niche. And I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, but here we are again. (laughs) But your messaging is essentially how you communicate to your audience, right? And they can't hear you if you're not saying the right words. If you're yelling through a crowded, noisy space, and let's say your friend Samantha is across a crowded room and you want to get her attention are you going to say joe 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 are you going to say samantha you know what i mean so it's a it's a matter of are you saying the right words the right way to the right people and clearly clearly communicating who you are what you do who you serve how you add value and why would i want to work with you you know, because if there's so many designers out there, you guys, I just got like so many portfolios, um, sent to me. And I, if some of you are the ones who have sent them to me, thank you so many portfolios and I'm still working through them and they're just beautiful work, but so many, there's no clarity on the intent of the artwork. There's no clarity on the market. Um, not a lot of hand done stuff. And if you can sharpen your hand drawn hand painting skills um there should be variety in there right and maybe the way you're speaking to your ideal client is this is what i'm good at but the digital a lot of the digital work and procreate work i saw was also just so 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 you have to find that thing that you want to sharpen and continue to sharpen those skills continue to differentiate yourself to speak to the right market and to make sure that you're being so clear and intentional with that portfolio. Even if you have to create five different portfolios because you do not want to give up the dream of designing fashion and home and licensing and whatever else you want to do. But make sure that the portfolio is aligned to each of those avenues. And it's going to be hard to sharpen five different sets of skills at the same time. So, which is why I always push for you guys focusing on one at a time, but definitely looking at all those portfolios for me, it made me see all of the things that I want to add to an old course that I pulled off because I was going to do something else with it. And I've realized it needs to come back because it should just be a portfolio course, because I think that that's where people need the most help in our industry is having a really strong fashion print design portfolio. If you're going to pitch a fashion company, if you're going to pitch a brand, if you're going to pitch a studio, then it needs to be strong. And I, I didn't see a ton of really strong portfolios. I saw, I saw a good amount of them, but I would say out of um, what I've looked at so far, we're about 50, 50 of like really great and just so, so. Um, and then in those 50 that are great, only about, you know, a third of them even spoke to the right market. They're still great work, but they weren't for me. They weren't for our industry or our market or our client base. So it's really about being so intentional, you guys, that it's a no-brainer to work with you. I will say those those portfolios that came in that knew exactly who they are, what their strengths are, you can tell they're practicing their skill set. They know what market they're the right fit for. And they're actually giving me something that I can look at and go, okay, I can work I can work with this. This is great. Or wow, this person's an amazing fit. And um, it did make me want to put that portfolio course back out there. And for those of you who have been struggling maybe with, well, how do I present myself if I don't have any experience yet? Go to the as if challenge. The as if challenge. Um, workshop in this membership and work through that even if you're starting from I don't like to say starting from scratch because we bring every experience with us and every lesson and everything we know how to do goes with us so you're never starting from scratch but if you feel like well I don't have any experience that's where mock-ups come in handy and the designing with the as if mentality of well if that's the company I want to work for and I want a company like that to hire me, then I need to act like a designer that works for companies like that, which means you're researching companies like that. You know what they have on the sales floor. You know what kind of colors they like to use, what kind of prints to design for them, what it looks like, where you need to sharpen your skill set. You wouldn't pitch a company that only hires people who do amazing watercolor florals. Would you pitch them with like hand-drawn geometrics, or would you go sharpen your skill set? as a watercolorist right so it's a it's a matter of knowing who you're speaking to and giving them what they want giving them what you want and what you want should be pretty clear and if we don't know what we want yet then maybe that's where we need to start but i love to use october you guys as a place to like really kind of get an overview of um what i want this last quarter to look like and then as we go into new, november start to look back and say how did everything go what am i most proud of what can i tweak for next year and then december is really a reflection of everything as a whole and then setting intent for the next year so that's kind of where we're going to be for the last quarter of the year i hope you guys are doing great i hope this was really helpful and i will email you all as i add things to the print life membership so that you can take what you need and if you have any questions please reach out talk to you soon bye Thank you for joining me for another episode of the print life podcast. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, or you have found that some of these stories and interviews are resonating with you, or you have any major takeaways that you've implemented in your business, I'd love to hear from you. Leave us a comment or a review on any of the platforms that you tune in to the print life podcast on. See you next time.